Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. dedicated to Henry Farmer. In the year of the primal form, the dawn of the man mastered the mammoth and horse. Episode 172 of Agitators Anonymous is a very special one. If you've been following right from the beginning, well, you deserve some kind of medal. I'm not sure what that medal might be, but if you make it to episode 200, we'll talk about it. But in the first or second episode, I told a story about being on tour, I think in 1994, together with Japanese band Sai. And so here today, my very special guest, uh, who I know for 30-odd years, is Mirai from Psy. Psy released a really, really strong new album just last year and are finally starting to play some festivals in Europe, maybe even uh, the odd club show here or there. They're actually playing in Dublin in November, I think. Um, It's all kind of coming full circle. So this conversation takes in our memories of 1994. Um, Mirai goes and talks about signing to DSP, dealing with Euronymous, all sorts of underground cool stuff to talk about. And um, it's a really great chat and really great to have him finally on the podcast. Before then, I have to say the podcast is continually sponsored by the very lovely and wonderful Metal Blade Records. And by now you are possibly, or maybe possibly, have heard the new Primordial video, the first music. I'm recording this on a Tuesday because Dredsovern is playing in Italy at Frantic Festival. Um, So the video will be out tomorrow. So you may be hearing my dulcet tones on Friday. Having heard the new Primordial song, what do you think of it? What's your opinion? All those kind of things. If you haven't heard it, go and search it. It's called Victory Has a Thousand Fathers, Defeat is an Orphan. So go and check that one out. And of course, speaking of Metal Blade, they continually sponsor the podcast. You can go to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade Records and use the promo code AA2023 and you can get 10% off your order. You can go and pre-order the new Promodial album, possibly, maybe. It's sometime in the next few weeks. It might not be this weekend. It might be the following one. Who knows? If you're also looking for a professionally printed backdrop, 
get in touch with me. DM me, slide into my DMs, all those kind of things, and we can figure that out. And once again, The Crawling uh, from Northern Ireland uh, are also having their demo premiered on the show. If it seems like a good idea to you, and uh, you're also in a demo band or something like that, get in touch. We can do a deal. But The Crawling, who you'll hear underneath this little spoken part, are an exceptional doom death band from Northern Ireland, and you can follow all the links below to go and support them. Go to their band camp. They have so much stuff there. It's actually incredible. And go and check out the new EP. All right. And now let's get into it. Here is my chat with Mirai from Psy, which is also a video chat over on my YouTube channel. You can go and take a look at our ugly middle-aged faces there. But for now, here you go, Mirai from Psy. Well, Mr. Mirai from Psy, how are you? Well, I'm, I'm doing... The previous discussion we just had, um, we're starting again. So. Okay. How the hell are you, sir? So, so can, we, can we start now? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm doing fine. So, how are you? How am I? No one cares how I am. And um, we have, <laughs> a, we have a, a long, uh, strange history, right? Yeah, it's been 30 years now. Yeah. Because when I started this podcast, um, I think on episode one or two, I told the story of the gig with Cy and Primordial in Dublin. And then all you guys staying in my parents' house and then the next five days when we went to England. But that's kind of like, you know, to me, that's one of the uh, craziest and funniest memories of back then, just the absolute insanity of that gig in Dublin. But I've been telling that story now for 30 years. So now I want to hear your memories of your side of that absolutely bizarre oh, yeah. story. Was it 94? Yeah, yeah. Or, 94, I think. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That was the first show out of Japan for Sai. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, it, it, it that was, I still have a vivid memories, <laughs> of, you know, those crazy week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember meeting you for the first time. So, on the first day, you had, you, you know, had a full moustache and beard. Yeah. <laughs> but on the next, but somehow on the next day, you shove it off all of your yeah. mouses. So, so we were like, you know, was it Alan we met the day before? So, yeah, that's the, the, you know, the first memory well, about you for, yeah. Well, that particular gig, though, because for people who haven't followed the, the podcast, is like we played in the back room of a shitty bar in Dublin. And it was, yes. we had to make the stage. And do you remember all the stage props and everything you heard? Oh, yeah. And uh, the guy named Bingo. <laughs> did uh some some you know kind of grinder stuff yeah 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 i remember that and then yeah it was yeah it was a shitty bar but um still you know that was uh you know that was the first gig for us out of japan so well it's, it's a good memory for sure well how how could that i mean the, the, the circumstances are so weird because you we were both supposed to be we're both on cacophonous records i think and didn't you just say to neil hey we're going to be on holiday in England. Shouldn't we play some gigs? And he mm. sort of went, okay, here you go. But the first one, Balsa Goth were supposed to play. They kind yeah. of didn't ever, they just went home. We built the stage. There were lots of terrorists in the bar in the front, like ex-terrorists who wanted to close the gig down. Built the stage, and you guys just started off playing Venom songs, and the whole place was turned upside down. Everybody being thrown out, fighting, chaos, 
you had a someone had an iron glove on fire and as you say the grinder with all the oh yeah stuff. but how could that be in your head to make sense of that as the first gig outside the band must have been insane yeah it was and the balthagos was there at first but they left somehow yeah, yeah. and they had a tr tr trouble with the promoter or it's something like this yeah yeah so yeah because the, the Balthagos was supposed to be a headliner, but they went home. So that was a good start, you know, for all of us. And yeah, I rem probably our guitarist did a fire burning or something before. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes, yes. In a tiny well, fire, Yeah, yes. And we did a fire breathing too? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And we played a lot of Venom covers instead of our original stuff. So the the, the guy from Cacophonous was pretty much upset. Yeah. He he was he was shouting from you know from the you know he was shouting like play more side songs and yeah yeah that was crazy. Yeah, we were and we were very very yeah. yeah. And then afterwards, we went to my parents' house who oh, were on, yes. who were on holiday, and they told me they were coming back. The next day, they arrived a day early. My mother came down and woke me up and went, Hey, there's four Japanese people in my front room. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, so what's he? Uh, angry or no, mad, no. mad at you? No, because being an Irish mother, she was more annoyed she had no food to feed everyone. She was oh. just like, I haven't got any food. Um, but also, there's four people asleep in the front room. And then you remember we went and got the boat across to England, and that was the start of like six days of I think kind of craziness on the, in the back of this tiny van. Do you remember? We oh, were yes. staying with this Hypatian throne guys. You, I, I have no idea where you guys went. You went with Mike from the Devil's Church, so you must have some. You must have been some fucking weird places that whole week, right? Yeah, we mainly stayed in in the van, I guess rather than going in, into the into the house because you know the, the guy from devil church was you know snorting the coke and the you know everything was totally fucked up so we, we preferred to you know, stay away from that mess yeah so so we were staying in the, the van but it, it, was, it was very cold in the yeah. van of course you know at, at yeah. midnight but uh yeah because you guys didn't even have instruments i remember no no because uh we didn't want to you know because we didn't have any work permit or anything so we didn't bring the instrument you know if we, we you know we wanted to avoid the yeah. trouble trouble at the immig immigrants so that's why we didn't bring the, <laughs> we didn't bring the instruments because i remember maybe in the fifth day was london london was a good gig and i just remember meeting you guys and you guys all looked like so like just tired cold just really, really worn out because I could only think of what the fuck was happening hanging out with Mike for like five days. And now you say you're just sitting in a van for five days. Yeah, yeah look, probably London was the only decent gig. The others were horrible. The turnout yeah. was horrible. <laughs> and <laughs> Manche Manchester was okay, but um, Manchester was all right. But yeah, London... Bradford was a disaster. You know, the, yeah. the venue was kind of huge. And like for 500 people capacity and only 10 people showed up or something. Then it was let's say, let's say 20, but about that. I 20, think, 20 was, I think, still. Yeah, I think Birmingham was literally like the band esoteric and then three other people. 
that was like oh. everybody who showed up. But that was the first time um, we went on tour. And um, it, it's funny looking back because you have no idea about, you know, you say you're in the back of a van. It just doesn't come into your head like, oh, would you just go off and book a hostel? You don't think about that. You had no money. And or like yeah. we had no money to do anything. And like uh, the idea that, you know, like you didn't know anything about amps or monitors or instruments or you're just sort of like trying to figure it out all out. You've no clue about anything. And then there's this. No. Do you remember the uh, bingo and this other woman who just, I think, oh, stayed yeah. up for like six days taking speed, just driving us around, stinking of yeah. sweat, wearing like, he was wearing like a dress or something. And, you know. Yeah, but we hadn't had any experience. No. So we were, so, so we, we were not sure if that was strange or not. You know, <laughs> we, we thought, you know, this, this could be the tour, standard tour. But yeah. uh, obviously it was not. No. And what? Uh, and then you went home, and then there's like, what? I mean, you must have been like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, that, yeah, that was crazy. And we, we and I took my girlfriend, yeah, with us. And we had a huge fight after the, the tour yeah. because of that. Because you know she had a horrible experience. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it, what? I mean, it's like it's when you're young, you can kind of let everything wash over you. But this yeah. experience was so crazy. That yeah, I, I that think I, I think for almost everybody, anybody would have just really, they must have gone home and gone, I, you know, what the fuck is going on? Because she wasn't really into metal, so she it seemed to maybe even no. more strange. And then you get there and it's like, no food, no nothing. There's just <laughs> lunatics just sitting around taking speed off cracked plates and fucking nowhere to sleep and nowhere to stay. And, you know. Yeah, that, that was crazy. Yeah, there is no plan at all. So no hotel booked. We no, just had a van, van and driver, and that was it. Yeah, just. And but when you came back home, then I mean, how many years was it then until you managed to come back to Europe? That is, it's a couple of years. I don't. I don't remember. When was the next one? So we went to the U.S. in 1999. But uh, all right, okay. Europe, but but uh, I joined Necrophagia. The the Death oh, metal band from the U.S. and of course, yeah, I toured. Yeah, yeah. yeah, then I, I went. I went to Europe. Europe around two thousand one, two thousand three, and then, you know, we met again at Infernal. Yeah, was it two thousand six? Could be. Yeah, yeah. Probably that. That was our return to Europe after that. I yeah. Well, probably Must, yeah, did, yeah. And you have to kind of, but now you're preparing to come sort of back finally and start to play again. It must be a kind of strange feeling. I saw like, oh, you're at Damnation. I was like, I should go to Damnation and see Sai at Damnation. Then, then it's announced you're playing fucking here in a club, yeah, I, which is about I, 100 meters from the place you played <laughs> in 94. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> finally, after, after 30 years. Yeah, yeah only 30 I'm, years, yeah. Yeah, because so, yeah, things are getting e easier now. So <laughs> finally, so we know how to tour. We know, you know, how to do it now without Devil Church. So yeah. well, that we should hope not. And um, but the fucking the new album, I fucking really, really enjoyed it. I really oh, like the kind of movement back towards a bit of black metal, but keeping some of that craziness that's been mm. the journey of the last few years. Because I would always check in with Cy and go, I wonder where the fuck oh. they are. And then it would be like, um, what's the album? Is it? Um, 
numinary landscapes or something, or and I couldn't really understand what was going on. But now this new one seems to be like um, the perfect marriage of elements of that old style and the sort of progressive instincts of the last 10, 15 years. What do you think? Yeah, I think that I think you are right because the first intention about the album was to go back to maybe the, the first album. So yeah, uh, yeah. So this time I I played guitar to compose the songs like I did in the early nineties. Because after that, you know, I, I'd rather compose songs in my head or using computer or using piano i didn't play guitar at all but um this time i yeah i I went back to my old style because because of the pandemic things because lockdown i had a lot of time so i started playing guitar again yeah yeah and um yeah so i I just wanted to go back to score and defeat the first album style a little bit then added some you know some, some some japanese elements you know, that, that was the intention, yeah. Could it, could it be maybe it's a bit more like Hail Horror Hail, maybe a little bit of sometimes? Yeah, maybe that maybe that's true. So, you know, the very, very 90s style. Mm. So, yeah, that's true. And because, you know, now I'm 53 and um, my father died last year. So I faced okay. a lot of, you know, the, the, the friends started dying. So I was, you know, pretty much in, in, in the dark mood. I was totally afraid of death so i wanted to express my naked feeling yeah. as a middle middle-aged man yeah rather than you know I, I didn't want to pretend i'm still 20 or 30 yeah, yeah. so I think I, it's, oh, yeah I think it's very interesting because it's I, the, some similar things happened to primordial but also like there's songs in the last new album the last album that you couldn't write at 20 you've got to be uh, at least middle-aged and having the main body of your youth behind you um, and the sense that, okay, we've got 10, 20, 25 years maybe left, but the, the part, that part of your youth is over. And that's, um, there's a place where you can only write songs about that when you're in the middle of it. You know, you can't write world weary, aged songs when you're 23. It just doesn't seem right, you know? Yeah, because I, I always wonder, so what is the point in making an extreme metal album when you are 50? Because, you know, of course, Thrush Metal was born as a, like in a the culture for young people yeah, yeah. in the 80s sure. but um, now we're getting older now i'm 53 but we know about death much better than the young people so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confident that I, we can write the dark album than yeah. before yeah yeah no, i think you're right i think a lot lots of bands find their way back around to the beginning i agree with you though that like thrash and speed and also there's kind of it's a young man's game which is maybe why black metal allows you to have this element of, um, I suppose, the esoteric to add to it, which is the, you know, our relationship to death and that kind of thing. So you can add, I mean, I found the new promotion album to be more aggressive than the last few. I'm just somehow more angry and people said, oh, you'll calm down and whatever. Actually, the opposite has kind of happened. Maybe it's because of, as you say, a broader understanding of where society is, but um, it seems to be the sort of perfect time for a side to make this album, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Because um, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about death from the very beginning. But uh, you know, before death was just a fantasy, like a horror movies. Yeah. But now it is not. It's a. Uh, it's reality. Yeah. It's a harsh reality. So it's the, probably the the. You know, we still deal with death, but uh, as a totally different thing now. Yeah. 
What about this kind of the, the new kind of stage presence and stage things going on that you're doing? Some of the, the, the videos and images I saw look very cool. Like it's sort of, as you say, got that element of um, the sort of, what would you call it, Japanese esoterism or something like this or theater style mixed with the traditional black metal element. Yeah, that's what we are. And then we have a new guitarist. So he's a, oh, yeah. he's, a de- he's a designer, so he can do a lot of visual stuff. Mm. So now, now, it's, now it's great to have a talented musician who also has a, you know, who can, who can handle the, the visual things. So uh, obviously the, the stage props and, you know, those things are much right. better, much, much better now. Yeah. So what does it, it feel? Does it feel like having been on a quite a long, interesting strange journey to find your way back to a maybe not quite the island you left from but the island beside the island you left from you know you kind of find your way back to the beginning of the end maybe well because usually you know the the music you listen to in, when you were a teenager it never leave you yeah yeah so of course and I, I i used to listen to a lot of heavy metal thrash metal mm. extreme metal when i was teenager then i started exploring other stuff like jazz classical selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, and techno or everything, but you always come back to the old stuff. Like you know, you you yeah. can't leave Chaotic Cross, you can't leave Venom, Sodom, Hellhammer, or whatever. So probably you, know, you are you are right. You probably most of the people people go back to your roots after yeah. a long journey. Yeah, 
And what do you think is the particular, um, like, you know, because I remember back in the whatever Requiem for Fools, the sort of early size stuff, um, there was an element of the exotic to it about it to us because it was from Japan. Mm. At the mm. same time, like to me, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds Japanese. But of course, this also sounds like denim, like what I love, but mixed with this element of whatever um, is the cultural, um, you know, distillation process to which this is coming from. But when, if you go back to the beginning, what was that Japanese feeling that interpreted, interpreted that early black metal, you know, like saying there's the Greek bands or the Colombian bands or whatever. What was that particular thing that you think stands out now looking back that made sides sound that singular back in the day? Well, that is a very tough question because I never, uh, you know, for the, for the new album, of course, I took in a lot of Japanese elements, musical elements, but before I never tried to sound Japanese at all. But Requiem for Fools, that was Slayer to me. So yeah. the, the, the song like The Nail was written right after I, yeah. I saw Slayer for the first time. Slayer came to Japan in 1990 for the first time. So that was a great gig. So I wrote The Nail right after that. And I never thought about making it sound Japanese at all. But, but still, I'm, I'm sure it sounds exotic. It sounds Japanese to, to yeah. the European people. So that was very spontaneous probably what is it that makes you know like to us it did i mean maybe it's the power of suggestion but certainly when we first heard that um what was it then victory for dakini or what was the name of the set the next demo um the, uh, victory the, the, uh, the victory of dakini is the, fir the first track of the the first album but maybe yeah. I well, sent you the, the advance step or something yeah the, and then uh, I, we were thinking to ourselves well now this sounds fucking amazing but um, it, it felt sort of Eastern to us. What I'm mm. trying to wonder is, it's, it must, you know, how do you describe that? It must be difficult to get a little handle on, because people say to me, oh, primordial sounds Irish. And I go, what do you mean? And I go, okay, you can talk about the rolling rhythms, whatever. They go, no, no, it sounds like how Ireland was when I visited. You know, earthen and sodden and rainy and windswept and the landscapes. And I go, okay, well, how have we, internalize that to interpret to, for you to sound like that i wonder what is the power of suggestion what is the genuine sort of cultural geographical um leanings that lean into the music that make it that nuanced because I, I believe that that's a thing you know i believe running christ the um pastor arturo it, it somehow feels greek to me or warm it feels yeah. southern you know? yeah yeah but i, I think the lang language is the one of the biggest thing because japanese languages totally different from english because english is very rhythmic but um japanese is not rhythmic at all so we don't have any ac accent we use intonation you know rather than right. using, yeah. the, using the accent so the, the japanese sounds very probably melodic to the the western people i guess mm. yeah, yeah so so we have probably we have the different sense about rhythm and melody than you know, english-speaking people because we, we, yeah, probably that is the, the biggest thing because we think in Japanese. Um, I, I always think the, the language is the, the biggest element to, I, 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 don't, I don't know how do you say. Probably, probably if, 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 we, if my songs song sound Japanese, probably it should be because of the Japanese rhythm. 
And what of about, course, you know. Hmm? But what about the the sort of um, Japanese religion or the what's that Shinto? Is it is there some sort of? Do you think that there's some sort of esoteric influence from that or whatever? I don't know. That's, of course, you know, we used a lot of Japanese, you know, occultism things like mm-hmm. religious stuff in in the lyrics of the the first album, first maybe three or four albums. So it, it's in that sense, you know, of course, it had a very Japanese atmosphere. But I, I don't know if it affected musically or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially like the artwork for the second album. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, was, yeah. Of course, we we, uh, we we used a lot of Japanese images. But um, I I always try to, you know, I always try to uh, try to avoid sounding Japanese intentionally. Mm-hmm. But but still, I'm, I'm sure those albums sounded very exotic and Japanese to to the Western people. But yeah, I didn't yeah. want to. Sound, yeah. And what about like? So I mean, inevitably, people will want to ask me about the whole DSP anonymous mayhem thing. How I mean, there's a lot of bands were on the list that were supposed to be on DSP. Yes, supposed to be signed by Uranus, but you guys—it's like you just got through the gate. Where lots of other bands never managed to get there. How, like, did you just send off the master tapes, and all of a sudden, nine months later, there's a record sitting there? Or can you remember back at the time how it all worked? Because I think it was like Merciless, The Awakening, and maybe a few other things. No, I think that maybe one or two other things, and then size going to feet comes out, and. I seem, I seem to remember talking to you about it at the time and you were just like, well, we sent the stuff off and you don't, you don't know what's going on. You know? Yeah, of course, you know, Euronymous is very, very unorganized and he, uh, probably he didn't have money at all Yeah, because sometimes even the, the phone didn't work because he didn't pay the bill. Yeah. And um, we recorded the, Scorn, the album Scorn Defeat in early 1993. I think we finished recording in March of 1993 and sent the master to Euronymous. But first he said, you know, you should listen to the album every day, at least for a month. Mm-hmm. And even after a month, if you still like it, it's okay. <laughs> but, okay. No, no, but now I understand it. When, when, I, when, I, when I was young, young, you know, I wanted to release the album as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you wrote it was right because I was listening to the album every day, but I then I found out some parts to be fixed. So we went into the studio and did a some additional recording, probably in April, May, and so sent a new master to Euronymous. But nothing happened for a while. Yeah. Then I and then, then I called up Euronymous on August seventh. Then he said he he had a fight with somebody in bar or somewhere, and he stabbed him. So he might have to go to jail. Okay. He sounded very. He sa- sounded kind of depressed, and that was of course bad bad news to me because if he if he goes to prison, scorn defeat might not be released or the you know it can be delayed. Yeah. Very badly, but um. Uh, then I got a letter from Samoth of Emperor on yeah. August 20th saying Euronymous was murdered. So, yeah, that was very shocking. But Euronymous was murdered on August 10th, but back then we didn't have the internet. So, yeah, first, yeah. yeah, 10 days later, I got a letter from Samoth. Then I found out 
the tragedy. Yeah. Then, you know, DSP was taken over by Voices Wonder. Yeah, Voices yeah. Wonder yeah. was a dis- distributor of DSP or something. I and think so, something like this, yeah. Yeah, so they released the album in, I don't remember, probably August, two, two, two months later or something. But uh, if, if Euronymous hadn't been murdered, the album might have not been released that early. This could take much longer. Yeah. Because he didn't have any money to press the, the album. I suppose so. The, yeah, Voices of Wonder wouldn't have taken over and just started to put things out. Yeah. He could, yeah. He, he could have taken another six months, maybe, or something. Mm. Yeah, because strange times, because people will, I mean, people will be annoyed at me if I don't ask about it. <laughs> <Or laughs> even though I imagine we had this exact conversation, probably sitting in my fucking parents' house in like 1994 or something, you know? But yeah. yeah. Because these things are so, um, they're so alien and ex- I guess exotic or so strange to people who are not part of the scene at the time, you know? And you were yeah, sure. more in the middle of it, you know? Yeah, because uh, after Requi- Requiem for Fool it came out, I sent it to all the labels yeah, I yeah. knew back then. But Euronymous was the only one who showed interest in us. So we didn't have any choice. So I, I kind of knew that DSP was very unorganized but uh there's no other way so i just had to wait for yeah. him to come back to me because we, we didn't have the email so if you sent it a letter you had to wait for a month or even more so and now when you're going to start playing again and play some festivals um it's interesting now to like meet those people that you used to be oh, yeah uh, infamous pen pals with 30 odd years ago you know whether you bump into um, you know, people from the X or Y band or whatever. It's always kind of, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> kind of like that nod and a wink and then one beer and you go, oh, remember that, you know, that this letter or that thing happened in 92, 3, 4, 91 or something, you know? Like, I'm, after this, I'm going to have to do some little thing for Sarkis from Rotting Christ. And I think the first time I remember writing to him was like September 91 or something, for Passage to Archer or something. But, as you say, these are all the things that lead us round to this view of where we were now at middle age. It seems to yeah. be a good position to look back on because I, I, I don't know how um, a band could have analog experiences now in a digital age. You know what? It's like that thing of getting that letter, that an envelope and yeah. opening it and go, fucking hell, it's Record for Fools on cassette. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's a it's an experience that's almost impossible to replicate. It makes that time so special. Yeah, because we had a now you know thanks to the internet, things are very very convenient. But I, I think the fantasy was lost. Yeah. So because in in the eighties and nineties, because you heard the rumor about some bands like Cryptic Slaughter, Death from the US, mm. but you didn't have the the way to actually yeah. listen to the music so you so you had a fantasy about those you know the, the some underground bands you never heard yeah but now you can access everything on youtube yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great thing but uh the same same thing about you know pro wrestling or you know that, that we had a lot of fantasies in the in the 80s yeah i mean like yeah, did yeah. you want to know what you know would it have made blood for death better if you knew that court uh, worked in a post office and did this and walked his dog here and like no you didn't I, you didn't want to know those things it's like somebody says to me my friend goes oh you know who the hell are Deathspell Omega I go well you know what I could find out but it doesn't matter 
I, I still like to have some element of mystery, which is which yeah. it, makes, it doesn't sound correct because I do a podcast. And I, I sometimes I think to myself, I'm talking about stuff every week, and I go, "Am I revealing too much of myself? To, mm. Does it ruin some element of mystery about the mortal?" Or I don't know. Then you think to yourself, "Well, look, you know, it's 32, 33 years, or whatever it is, and um, whatever is is about you, uh, people are going to find this out anyway." You know, maybe you've done yeah. your of being mysterious. I don't know. Yeah, now, you know, the situation is totally different mm. from, you know, the 80s. Um, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't know which one is better. You know, you can listen to anything on YouTube. It's just a good thing, but uh, I still miss the old days Yeah, I as mean, an I, old man. Eh? I like the idea that back then it was virgin territory, but there was a sort of freedom to be extreme or free. You know, mm. you weren't worried, of course, as a kid about what you were saying or it was taken for granted that that's what black metal was. And I, I remember once yeah. a lecture about black metal. And the first thing I said was, that's a couple of years ago now. I said, you can't intellectualize a punch in the face. And the point is, you want me to make a lecture about something that was totally instinctual. And the extremity sometimes was just symbolic. You can't in reinterpret symbolism from 1992, 93, that was made by angry young dudes just trying to do that. Um, it's maybe a fool's errand to try and make it too, intellectual you know yeah now yeah it's true and the back then you know the, the you know heavy muscle was evolving in real time so yeah yeah like you know you, you can feel the, the bpm is getting higher and higher every month or every week yeah, yeah. so that, that that was that was very exciting but now everything has been tried and you know done it's very difficult to feel that kind of excitement anymore so yeah i, I miss mean, that yeah yeah and albums that changed and defined your life that's because I yes. you're young also but i still don't i had to do a thing which is top 20 album or top 15 death metal albums before 2000 and after 2000 and i was like i don't think a single record after 2000 gets into the first list you know oh, yeah yeah is that just because i'm older or is that actually true and i kind of go probably is true this death metal is old now it's a kind of old form of music. At one stage, it was, you remember, you've got Altars of Madness in the post, you're like, fucking hell, yeah. and the next month, Slowly We Rock came out, and then Severed Survival came out. It just changed the fucking world. Oh, yes. And uh, back then, you know, we didn't have any, we didn't have a lot of money. So hmm. if you buy, if you, if you buy an album, you, ha you had to keep listening to it until you get more money to get an, another album. But now, you know, if you try on YouTube, if you don't like it, you can skip it. Then. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a good thing. You know, some albums grow on you. So that probably the way people listen to albums changed a lot too. Yeah, yeah. And so now, you know, um, I was going to say, coming kind of a bit back to full circle to where the band was kind of in the beginning, does it feel like a good place, like a comfortable place for Sai to be? Because there are, I know friends of mine have sent me the poster for the Dublin gig and they're like, fucking hell, Sai's mm -hmm. playing in Dublin again. And there are people who were there 30 years ago and they're like fucking excited. And then the conversation is like, hey, have you heard the new album? And everybody's like, fucking hell. Uh, it's kind of, it sort of feels like people are discussing the band in these terms again. It's kind of, I don't know, feels like a good place to be or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. Yeah, I think it's a it's. I think I think it's a good thing. You know, people still 
uh, interested in our new stuff. As, as you said, you know, I know a lot of people want us to play Scorn Defeat in, in, in its entirety or something, but it's, it's, it's okay. But um, it's great that, you know, because, you know, I, I myself, I'm old middle-aged man. So if, if I went to Slayer's concert, I want them to play only the songs from the first three albums. So I understand, you know, the, the, peop the people's, you know, thoughts about that kind of things. But, uh, it's, it's a great, you know, still So are you going to play album. your own songs or are you just going to play Venom songs? Which are, are you going to do this? Well, actually, we, we still play some Venom songs too. <laughs> we, we still remember it all day. So, yeah, because somewhere or other, there's like videos of me singing some of those songs with you on that tour. Oh, it was you did like, a. There's like nothing else. There's nobody here. So we might as well just do whatever we're going to do, you know? Yeah, you did Black Metal. Yeah, and Which Hour, I think. We did you Which did Hour with like. Um, Melissa from Adorior and a bunch of other people in London. I seem to remember it was kind of chaotic, like eight people on the stage for <laughs> the Witching Hour and stuff, you know? So Maybe we have to do it again. <laughs> Don't say that because people in Dublin are like, oh, fucking hell, it's going to be the same shit. But yeah, it's funny because it's like the venue is literally 100 meters from the other venue. Don't worry, it's oh, the venue, that's great. but like 100 meters. <laughs> so, you know, you're probably going to get some little deja vu memories. But Dublin has changed so much, though. It's like, Oh really? To the, yeah, yeah, and that bit of money and stuff. But like, you're you're going to get some probably some little deja vu moments walking around, you know. Yeah, thirty years, so things things should be different now. Yeah, well, you don't have to stay in my parents' front room on the floor, so that's a good. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so, so we, will you be around? Yeah, of course, I'll be you around. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh, around. then then oh, yeah. okay, and I'll drag so, yeah. the other guys in as well. But yeah, man, no, it's cool. um, it's we're coming up to the end of this now, but it's um. It's just an interesting, I often think with metal uh, bands, they sometimes kind of form ownership of their bands. And I think that the, I love it, but I kind of don't like it in another respect. And I always looked at what Cy was doing, this kind of strange journey you were on. And I was like, what the fuck are they doing? I would always check in. And then I always thought, you yeah, know, at some stage, they're going to come back to some element of where they were. We all seem to do that somehow anyway. Yeah. Retrace our steps a little bit. But it's um no it's 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 a it's a great record this new one man really really oh, good thank you but yeah it means a lot in it yeah your word means a lot but no it's it but it is it's I mean it's just an interesting crazy journey to have been on I think you know much more than yeah. other bands you know yeah but I can't I can't believe it's been thirty years now it's yeah. just like <laughs> well because we, we were like in tw twenty when we met. Yeah. But now it's it's been 30 years after that. It's, it's, it's very hard to believe that was 10 years longer than the, our first life, you know. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because people ask me what it was like, things like that, and then you go, well, it feels like five years ago, but it also feels like a complete other lifetime. It's weird. Yeah. It's both true. things yeah, at once, true. you know? Yeah. Well, on that note, sir, it's been an absolute pleasure. This would be a good moment for me to press the, uh, press the button. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.